So when I was when I was uh, a little kid, yeah, I remember my dad. He actually checked me out of school, which is very rare. My dad was like, "Hey, we're." came and picked me up. He's like, hey, we're going to go see grandma. We're going to see how she's doing and stuff. And I got all excited. And you know, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. We're going to go see grandma. You know, not only that, get to get out of school early. As time goes on, we're making our way up to Washington to go see her. I thought we were going to be pulling up to, like, her apartment and whatnot. But turned out we were actually going to the hospital, which was just didn't make sense to me. As time goes on, like we finally went inside, we were able to get inside the room that she was in. And, you know, for my grandma, she always put her hand out towards me to, you know, like, give me your hand, let me hold it. Kind of like that. And like she pulls out her hand and I give her my hand and she holds it. And that was the first thing that she did to me when I got there. And she, she told me how much she loved me and how happy she was to see me and stuff. And I remember my other siblings and my dad were all there. They were talking with her. And then eventually got really quiet, like really quiet. And it was really, it was really weird for me to, I don't know what was going on. It just got quiet. And then my siblings, they, uh, they told me to go outside, go outside the room and just wait out there. And I didn't know what was going on. So I was just out there sitting. And then my dad came out and my, my other siblings came out. And they were like, we're, we're going to go back home now. So we go back home. I was, I didn't really get to say bye to her. And we, they just, they are getting in the car, let's go. So we go home. As time, you know, next day or so goes by, my dad was like, hey, you know, get some clothes. And we're going to go back up to Washington to go see your grandma again. And I was really excited for that, too. We go up there. It was actually a funeral home that we went to. But at the time, I thought it was like a church or I don't know what it was. It just didn't feel right to me. I was like, oh, I don't think it's weird. Why are we here? And I remember going inside the funeral home and I saw my mom in the distance. My mom was uh, talking with somebody and I ran towards her. She hugged me. She kind of bent over towards me. She said, like, you want to go see grandma now? I was like, yes, I want to go see her where she's at. Where is she? And she eventually pulled me into this kind of like sanctuary and and saw this, like, box, you know, that was up there, and there was a bunch of flowers all around it, and it was open. And she brought me down to the casket. And that's where I saw my grandma. I, I was really confused. I didn't know what was going on. I was just looking at my grandma, and my mom was like, like bursting out crying, like she was like bawling crying. And she actually just left me there. She didn't really tell me what was going on. She just left me. And I stayed there really just looking at my grandma. And I was waiting for her to grab my hand. But instead I ended up grabbing hers. And I just, I didn't know what was going on still. And I just let go of her hand, and then I just went back to my family. So it was it was really confusing at the time because, I mean, honestly, still to this day, I really don't know what happened. I don't really know how she passed away. That was when I was first introduced to death, and it was hard. I seen, been to a lot of funerals because my, you know, my grandpa and my dad always officiate funerals. 
And I would go to dance for these funerals or even just help sing with these funeral funerals. Death was something that's been spent around a lot for me on a personal level. I know I'm pretty sure there's other people out there that has dealt with a lot of death in their family, lost a lot of loved ones. I think one of the hardest ones that I struggled with the most was when I lost uh, my grandpa. I think it was just hard for me to figure out like how to really let this go because at this time I was about 18 years old. Felt really shocked. I was in disbelief. And just it was just so hard for me to wrap my head around this loss. Just the whole, the weight, the sadness, the depression, the anger that I felt. You know, just losing my grandpa. And I kept asking myself, like, how how do I go on from this? I even asked God, like, how can I keep following you when I keep losing a lot of loved ones in my life? Like, I keep asking God, like, why? Like, why are you doing this? It hurts. Like, how do I how do I deal with this? How do I how do I like heal from this? You know what I mean? And maybe some of you are in these certain types of stages of grief. You know, like the one like I just shared, the shock and disbelief. You also have denial. You also have guilt, anger, depression. But there's also acceptance and hope. For me, you know, I just recently lost my grandma. Her name's Darlene. It was crazy because, you know, God was, like, really trying to get me to slow down. Because, you know, I am a senior here at IBC. I always, I'm, like, constantly doing something. I'm also a chaplain meetings and just you know this podcast that we're doing as well there's just so many things that i was able to keep my mind off my grandma darlene and focusing on that not that i was really trying to avoid it i was just really i just didn't want to feel weak i didn't want to feel sad but then god really led me to galatians 6 2 about carrying each other's burdens and I have a huge heart for that. I have a huge heart for walking alongside people, encouraging people, praying for one another as well. But I really had a hard time allowing my brothers and sisters around me to carry this burden. And it was just really crazy because, you know, that same night, that's when, you know, the guys in the men's dorm gave me some flowers and a card. That's when I was finally able to, like, cry and release these emotions because I kept kind of stuffing them in. It was hard for me to get out of that. But as soon as I was able to express my emotions and express how I feel and actually cry and let these emotions out, I felt a lot of, like, weight lifted off my shoulders. That's just the grief that, you know, that's just the weight of grief. And that's a way of grieving is to allow yourself to release these emotions, if that makes sense. Um... I know it was weird to start out with a story, but I also have my brother Michael here. And I was going to have, uh, you know, Michael, you can, whatever's on your heart, um, you can share about what your experience is on grief. Yeah, just thanks for sharing that, Will. Um, yeah, my experience with grief has didn't really start until later in life, but my experience with death started early on. Um, I'm because I was raised on uh, a more my mother's side. I remember kind of like the same situation. I I grew up with really like absent, alcoholic, uh, abusive parents, and I would always go over to my grandma's and grandpa's house 
right next door and you know i would spend time there you know having breakfast and um i really enjoy making cookies with my grandma and just playing card games with her and stuff and i guess at such a young age i really did not know how old she was and the health problems that come with being you know an elderly i just remember going to school and like yeah, just having a great day. And I remember coming home and uh, going to go next door to go visit her. And there was blood all over the ramps because she was in a wheelchair. So they had to build a ramp. And I remember just like seeing blood on like the ramp. And I'm like, there's a lot. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> like, what happened? And I remember I was knocking on the door and no one would answer. And so I was like, all right. So then later on that night, I uh, went back and there was nobody still. And then the next day I went to school I came back and that's when, you know, I, I could tell something was up. Uh, my mother was, you know, uh, like sad and <clears throat> her, my aunties were sad. And yeah, I can, when I went over, my grandpa was, you know, just by himself. And I, I, I didn't know where my grandma went. It wasn't until later on that I realized that I guess she, that some medical thing happened and she got rushed to the hospital. And yeah, there she didn't make it. Since I was young, I really didn't know, understand or know any of that. All I know is that. You know, in our in my culture, it, you know, it's basically four days. And, you know, on the fourth day, we, I guess we buried her. And I guess I was at school, I think. And I remember coming home and basically we were just eating good. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like, man, like, you know, like, what's the occasion? But, yeah, and it wasn't until later on that I realized, that, yeah, that my grandma passed away. And, and yeah, like, I didn't, I didn't really know what to think of it. I was young, like six, five. Yeah, and so I was like, oh. Like, yeah, I didn't really ex- have any grief. Well, I did, but then I I just didn't, like, you know, know what any of those emotions were. Going down the road, uh, one of my aunties, my mom's sisters, uh, was struggling, battling cancer, breast cancer for a long time. And after so long, you know, it just, she, she lost that battle. And, yeah, and I remember then I knew what was happening and I'm um, trying to be there for my cousins and stuff. And, yeah, it was just really hard just because how close uh, we were for to her and I remember when my mom got cancer breast cancer and then I remember like her losing hair and all that and getting really skinny and like pale skin and I remember being like so scared like like is she next like is like am I gonna lose my mom for her 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 story was different Uh, she actually beat cancer and she started growing her hair out and everything and yeah it was like stronger longer and she actually started getting gaining weight and stuff so yeah, it was a whole different experience for her, but yeah, it was just, I don't know, it was, just, it was hard. Uh, again, at that time, I was i was sad. I was, like, really feeling it uh, for my cousins, but as, you know, I was young when somebody was close to me, like, blood why, uh, well, not blood, like, somebody who was close to me who, you know, was my mom's mom passed away, but I was young, and I lost somebody who was my mom's sister, uh, but I still did not understand what my cousins were going through or what, you know, her siblings were going through, what my mom was going through, having, you know, in a span, of, I think it was like eight years that, you know, losing her mom and then losing uh, one of her sisters. So when I was becoming more involved with my faith and really stepping up in my faith, um, I went on the team. You know, I was really enjoying myself. You know, I was like, I took a leap of faith on it. I'd been avoiding it for like two years, uh, making up excuses not to go. And finally I did. And, you know, everything was going great. And um, I remember there was a guy on a team who, who lost a family member. And I was like, dang, like, that's sad. And, you know, we were 
praying for him and all that. But, you know, like, dang, like, that's that's hard. Like, you know, at that time I was like, I lost an auntie and I lost my grandma. And that's kind of the main family, like, main family connections I've had that I lost. And then towards the end of the trip was, you know, I can still remember today. It was, it was pretty crazy. Like, I remember waking up. Everything was fine. I was, you know, tired because, you know, we, that my first year on all on the team of like traveling from reservation to reservation, it was a lot of traveling. And I remember like, just you, you get to a place, you unpack, you do your stuff, you pack up and you're on the road for six to seven hours a day. And so I remember waking up, I was mad. I was like, Hey, this is dumb. Like, like, can we just stay here? Like find a reservation that's like down the road or something. <laughs> and yeah, so it was, it was pretty crazy. I was just, yeah, waking up, I ate breakfast and I was sitting there. I packed all my stuff, but then I was too lazy to socialize so I, was, I remember sitting like in the back of the gym, just watching everybody laugh and play or like, you know, joke around and stuff. And I, yeah, I was just sitting there chilling. And I think uh, my mentor did, or my big sib, I guess it was, as we call him, was asking me, am I, am I okay? And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm, like, I'm fine. I was, I was like, I'm just tired. I was like, okay. So I get on the bus and then he sits next to me and he's like, are you, are you, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. He's like, do you got any games on your phone? I was like, uh. Like all I have is chess <laughs> And he's like oh cool you want to play So I was like uh, sure And like to me everything was just weird Because like he usually sits by the people Like you know he's hanging out with And I'm usually in the back Like I have a seat to myself And I'm just listening to music But it was just different this morning He was just he was really like just Kept like asking me how I'm doing And every time I looked at my phone or something He would be like He would just look at me like are you okay And I'm like uh, yeah <laughs> I'm like, and yeah, so we got to this place and I'm like, it's, it's breakfast. I'm hungry. Or I think it was lunchtime. I think, yeah. Was it lunchtime? Yes. Yeah, it was lunchtime. We got to the new place we we're going to be at our halfway or the new place. I can't remember. I think we were pretty close though. I think, yeah, we stopped at a Denny's or something and yeah, I got off and yeah, I got off the bus and right when I was going to go enjoy like the food and sit with my friends and yeah, he was like, Hey, could I talk to you? And I thought I was in trouble. I was like, dang, it's <laughs> like, what did I do? Yeah. Number seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, another leader from my youth group. She came too, and like they just followed me. And I was like, oh dang, they're both here. It's <laughs> like I think I guess I am in trouble. And they took me to like the the main van, like the head the head honcho guy. And I was like, oh darn. <laughs> I was like, things are gonna go down. So I was mentally preparing myself. Like I didn't do anything. Like I was like, yeah, whoever did it, I was like, no, they're just lying <laughs> and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, I was, yeah, I was mentally preparing myself to like defend against whatever they're going to say or that I'd done. And I was thinking too, like, what did I do? <laughs> it's like, did I not clean up? Did I like, yeah. And we get in the van and then just from there, right off the bat, like the energy just felt heavy. Yeah. It was like there, it just felt, yeah. Like, uh, like something happened. And so I sit in there and they're like, Hey, uh, yeah. Like, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to tell you this. So I'm just going to tell you straight up. And then they, yeah, they were just like, uh, your mother passed away. And that just hit me. And I was like, what? <laughs> like in my mind, I was like, uh, like, did I hear that right? Yeah. They're like, uh, yeah, we, we got the message. Your family texted us, uh, this morning and yeah, that, uh, she, she passed away and I'm like, and I was like, I still didn't believe it. Um, I was like, no, <laughs> like, uh, it's like, nah, like, sh like, um, yeah. Like I was just texting her and calling her like this, <laughs> uh, maybe you heard it wrong or something like that. And, um, but yeah, like they, 
I don't know, like kind of at this moment where everything just went silent and like, I was like, dang, um, like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't, how do I respond to that? And yeah, just for the first time in that whole summer, like I just broke down and I don't think I've ever like cried as hard as I ever did that day. Like so much that I couldn't cry anymore. All I could think about was like everything that happened within that last week. A week before my sister was in the hospital for, I believe, uh, just having some mental health issues. And my mom called me and she was freaking out. And I was like, what's going on? And uh, she was like, nobody didn't tell me anything. And she's crying and everything. But your sister's in the hospital. And I'm like, for what? And she tells me. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll call my grandma and stuff like that. And yeah, and it was hard. <laughs> And, yeah, she was crying, and then I could tell because before I left for the summer, she was staying. She got out of rehab, and she was staying with us. Yeah, before I left, she was in such a good mood, and she was doing well. And I told her, I'm going to be gone for a month. You know, when I get back, like, you know, let's figure something out. Like, I don't want you running off and, you know, living, like, homelessly as you have been for the past couple of months. That's, yeah, it was. (laughs) So when I heard the news, like, uh, when she called me, she was, yeah, she was intoxicated. She, I can tell she's been, been drinking. I've, I've called my mom and I've known her a long time to know when her words are slurring and stuff like that. And I remember I was just so mad that, like, I got to go. Like, I don't, I don't want to talk to you right now. Yeah. And I remember her saying that, yeah, she was, she loved me and everything. And yeah, I was like, well, yeah, I got, I got to go. And I just hung up, you know, I, I think back to that conversation because I was so mad about her drinking and everything. And, you know, she took off, I think from home, she was wandering around and, uh, in the city here in Arizona, in Flagstaff. And I was so mad that, you know, I just blocked out at home, her trying to tell me that she loved me. And so when I heard the news that, that she passed, all I could think about was that conversation. And I was like, dang, that guy, <laughs> I should have told her. <laughs> and that was one of the hardest things for me to, like, forgive myself on. And... I guess that moment I kind of understood now more clearly how like people who've experienced like losing someone so close to them and like grief for the first time was uh, an emotion that I've never experienced so, so strongly up until that point. Um, And even so, just when I got home, it was, it was hard. I was about 2000 miles away from home and there's nothing I could do and, I was given the option to go home, and and I so badly wanted to. The community I was around was really <clears throat> a place that I felt I needed to be. I had no one to lean on when I went back home. I was seemed like I was a stronghold of my family. I experienced a lot of emotion on that my first year on on the summer of hope, <laughs> as we were saying, and part of the grievances that there is hope, and it's something that I did experience. Though it was hard for me. At times, you know, when I wasn't home to, for the burial and for the funeral, I didn't want to see my mom like that. Um, the uh, the last images I have of her are, you know, at a dinner table laughing. And um, after being to a couple of funerals for family members, uh, I knew that I didn't want to see my mom like that. Um, so I... On um, a couple of minutes before I need to fly out back to Hopi, I changed my mind and I said, no, I, 
I want to go back to the team. Uh, I want to be in a, an environment where, like, I know that people, you know, will pray for me and love me. And and I think I just needed to lean on somebody like that. And the people on the team is a place where I needed to be and not somewhere where I felt like I was going to have no one to lean on. And, yeah, so now a couple years later, uh, it's been five, five, six years since my mom passed, and I'm still grieving. Um, my tribe tells me that after four years, you know, you're supposed to stop <laughs> since, you know, I'm I'm not following that tradition anymore, but I, I still grieve. I still think about things, um, her and stuff like that. And even though it hasn't been that long, um, it's hard for me to sometimes say that I am starting to forget the voice of my mom, um, what she sounded like, but I still remember her and what she's done and uh, the things she tried to accomplish in life. And, you know, I'm, I am proud of her and I know that, you know, she loves me and I, I know that uh, that she knows that I loved her. And that's kind of my experience with grief and my continued experience with grief. And, oh, yeah, thank, thank you for that and yeah, for listening. Yeah, I, I remember that uh, that day where, you know, I think I, think I remember correctly, when I think we were at Burger King or something. And, yeah, uh, it was a restaurant. Yeah, and uh, we are on our way out and about to start loading back up on the bus. And I remember seeing you, you were pretty broken. And I was like, man, it's like my heart really... My heart really broke for you that day, and I was like, "Man, I was like, can't imagine." That's like that's really hard. Yeah, I thought it. Was, it I think you know, for me, that really inspired me so much. When because I remember they you were leaving, all of a sudden you came back, and I was like, "Oh, he's he's still here." And the fact that you chose to stay, and man, that showed a lot of a lot of faith for you to. You know, just to rely on God's strength. You know, like, yeah, I want to be here. And knowing that, you know, home wouldn't be the best place for you right then and there. So you knew that you were in a safe place. And especially with OE Dove, you know, the love and the relational aspect was always there, the community. And so that was really cool, man. So, yeah, grieving is, I feel like you really can't get over it. You know what I mean? I think one thing that I always I always think about and remind myself is that you really can't go through grief. The only thing you can do is grow through grief. You only can grow it, grow through it. It's not gonna be over, it's not gonna be done. You're only gonna grow. And the wounds are always gonna be there. And that's the sad reality. And you know, for you know, it's it's crazy my tribe is similar with yours. It's not the four years, but it's a, it's a whole year. We have a thing. We have a, a crying ceremony, and what they do is they get the uh, belongings of of the person that passed away, and they kind of just show it off to everyone. And they say, "This is the last time you're gonna see this. No more. You know, this is the last time." It's a way for you to cry right there and there. For me, if anyone from my tribe is listening to this, I am not bashing that you know i'm not trying to come off of you at a wrong way basically what i'm trying to say i think that's the hardest thing is being told how to feel because you know that's that's how all of us natives grew up told to 
be strong. We're told to not show any emotion. You know, we're told to not talk about this. We're told to not talk about that. And after that crying ceremony and you're done, um, we no longer talk about that person for a whole year. And after that whole year is up, we can finally talk about the loved one that passed away. In the midst of caring, holding that in for a whole year, it really damages it really damages you. And that's how I grew up. I always held everything in. I didn't want to cry. I didn't really go I didn't want to cry because I was told to not cry, you know. I always think of this way of grieving that there's two roads of grieving. You got road number one, the road of healing. And then you got the second road of grieving. And this road is a road of hurting. And what the healing looks like is allowing yourself to express your emotions, taking steps to freedom, and allowing others around you to walk alongside in your grieving, which will help you lead to healing and growing more in your grief. In a road of hurting, this is kind of how I grew up and how I used to cope with grieving, hurting myself, hurting others, unhealthy coping mechanisms such as drugs, alcohol, sex, or even just suppressing my emotions and not opening up. I was stuffing everything in, and it really, it just hurts you, and it just, you know, it really just damages you to the core of your soul. You know, I always think of this saying from Indian Horse, where this man was, uh, I think he was in an AA meeting or a counseling session, and this lady just got done sharing about her experience in the residential school. She was just crying, and she finished up her story, and the guy, the counselor was like, thank you. And he called out this guy. He was like, what about you? Do you want to share? And he like shook his head like, no, I don't. He's like, he didn't say anything. He just nodded his head like, no. He asked the, the man, he was like, have you ever wept before? And he nodded his head no again. And then the counselor was like, well, you need to find a time for you to weep. Whether here with us or someplace else, someplace else on your own because your silence is killing you. It was crazy when I first heard that and watched that movie, uh, Indian Horse, man, it just blew my mind because I was like, man, it's so true for us Native Americans. We always keep silent. We avoid things. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just something that we grew up without someone modeling this for us, you know. Someone that won't, like, the only way that we were ever, like, for me personally, the only way I grew up knowing how to deal with pain or grieving was drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever it may be. But we don't talk about this whole grieving and the whole anger or whatever the case may be. We don't talk about the real-life situations that come up. We just avoid it or just keep silent. And that was, and that's just where my heart's at. And I was like, man, it's so true because I think that's what I realized too when I lost my grandma on March 5th. I was at work. I got the news, and I was at work, and I was, like, cutting up some pizza. I was like, man, I got the message, and I was like, man, I need to get out of here. And thankfully, they let me leave. For a while, I just kept silent. People were asking me, like, Will, how are you doing? Like, you doing okay with losing your grandma? And Are you going to go home for the funeral? Are you going to make it? Are you going to, you know, this, that? And there's so many questions, and I was just avoiding it because I kept stuffing it in, stuffing my emotions in. And then that Tuesday night, the door meeting, that's when I was able to, you know, the guys, uh, Michael was there. Michael was actually the one that gave me the flowers. They affirmed me, they encouraged me, 
And then they prayed for me. And that's where I finally let my emotions out. And that's where the healing and the grieving, the grieving process really starts. So you really cannot go over it or get over it. You can't go through it. You just grow with it, if that really makes sense. Because it's, it's just like Michael says, like grieving is like even that that amount of years, you know, there's I still grieve over my grandma that I lost in 2003. I still remember her voice. I still remember, you know, just the physical touch that she gave me. The last time I saw her was, I, you know, I didn't get to say goodbye. I didn't get to say anything. I just was told to leave the room. So that was the hard reality for me. It was like, it, it's, I'm not saying that in a bad way, but it, it is hard. But you cannot go go through grieving alone. You need somebody to help you walk with that grieving. You know, for me, um, here at IBC, Michael is here as well, and we're able to, you know, walk alongside each other and carry each other's burdens in the midst of, you know, in the midst of pain and suffering. We still walk with each other. We still walk, uh, uplift and encourage one another in a time of suffering. But a verse that I uh, been that I meditate on when I am in. When I'm grieving, feeling sad, upset. I think one thing I also want to remind you guys too is that it's okay to ask God questions. It's okay to ask God, like, what the heck are you doing? Like, why did you take this person? Why did you take, why? Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with the why questions with God. Because God can handle it. And it took me a while to realize that because I used to be afraid to ask questions like that towards God. But I was finally able to understand, like, God can handle it. God's not going to be like, oh, man, how dare you question me? Or he He knows what your heart, and he knows your heart, and he knows how you feel. So the verse I'll be reading from is Psalm 34, 15 through 18. And this is what it says. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The verse that I want to pinpoint on is verse 18, Psalm 34, 18, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. If you're feeling really broken, like your heart is broke, feeling a way to grief, God is close. Glad God is clo close and he's near. For those that are feeling down, Spirit is crushed, not feeling anything, not feeling up for anything. I want you to know that God is near, near you, near near you and near to your crushed spirit. One thing you got to remember is that you are, you're not alone. God is, God is there. Sometimes even when I, when I pray and I talk it out with God, man, it just feels like I'm just talking to myself sometimes. But as time goes on, you know, just continuing to keep my eyes on the Lord, knowing my hope is in Him. That is where, you know, I feel His peace because I know He's there and I know He listens. You know, for me and Michael, um, we're able, like, we rely on God because we can know, we can't really rely on ourselves because, you know, we're only human. And God is the one that can help us walk through this dark valley. He's the one that can help us heal and to help us walk in freedom. So grieving is not easy. And those that are grieving right now, I highly encourage you to find someone to talk talk to. I don't wanna 
step on toes with the whole traditional thing because, you know, I, I totally get it. I totally do. Stuffing your emotions in, avoiding the grieving, avoiding, you know, avoiding those emotions, it can really damage you so much. It brings you down into a hole, and it's hard to get out of that hole. So I encourage you, if you're grieving, walk or find someone to talk to. And not only that, don't be afraid to ask God why. There's nothing wrong with it. That's something that I, I need to do with myself, honestly, because I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really fresh with this right now because of the loss of my grandma. With that being said, you know, I would, I'm just gonna close out in prayer and pray for whoever's listening right now. I'm just gonna pray for you and uplift you and that God will give you your comfort. So let me pray. God, I want to come up for you. I ask you, God, to comfort those that need your comfort right now. God, I there's times where I just question the things that you do. There's just times where I I just want to quit. There's times I just want to give up. There are just times where I'm, I'm just down to my lowest point. And there's just times where I just feel stuck. So God, I uh, ask that you help me. And maybe someone out there right now that is listening to this feels the same way that you would help us get out of this, help us to grow with this, help us to find ways to walk in freedom, Lord. I pray that I, um, myself included, my brother Michael, all of those that are grieving, I pray that you help us to give our grief to you because I know that you can turn our grief into your glory. So, Lord, I pray for peace, comfort, and I pray that you would be near and close to the brokenhearted and those that are crushed in spirit, as your word says. And I just thank you for this opportunity to get to talk about this with our podcast. And I just pray that it encourages somebody, that it encourages someone to come back to you or even come to you. So I love you, God, and give this all up to you. All the honor, praise, glory goes to you, God. I love you. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Peace out. Later, y'all.